Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your host, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price-dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. We are back. Yes, finally, all three of us. You guys are not relegated to listening about that treacherous, horrid format known as redraft any longer because I know Dan hijacked the show and he's over there reading his magazine that he's included in, I'm sure. What's up, Dan? Oh, man, I'm just, I'm just checking out these awesome sleepers, you know, in my, this article I wrote here in the, the Pro Fat Focus uh, magazine, you know, so I'd recommend anyone picking that baby up, a little humble brag. But no, I want to start with a story tonight, guys. It was pretty cool. I had good friend of mine, a quarterback I used to coach. We may remember an old Dynasty Theory episode uh, way back where he, he spoke with Russ Wilson's agent, and I thought Antonio Brown was going to Seattle. Mm-hmm. And it was yep, close. Yep, yep. They were in the hunt. They went to Tampa Bay. He's at a, um, a local like a, a minor league baseball game or something in, in Florida there, and this executive walks up to him, and he's like, who is this guy? All dressed up in a suit, and he's talking business with this guy sitting next to him, and he ends up giving him an ink pen, this real fancy ink pen. And uh, he gave it to his son. He had his little son there with him. And he ended up asking, he go, who is that? And it was an executive for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Was, I'm not going to go into the name. Everyone will be emailing him or something. So he ends up writing him and says, thank you very much for, you know, giving this ink pen to my son. You made his day. Really cool. And Wait, guy, are you saying ink pen? Ink pen. Ink pen. Like a writing utensil. And it was an ink pen uh, from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But why? what else would be in the pen that you have to specify oh, it's ink? God. Why you got to be like that? We were so close to being done with the story. So, I'm just asking the question. So he gives the kid an ink pen, John, with the Buccaneers logo on it. And my buddy's son's a huge Tom Brady fan, okay? So this event happens. And then shortly after that, Tom Brady announces his retirement. So there's a little bit of an older story that I just got now, okay? He told his son that Tom Brady retired. His son's bawling his eyes out. Devastated Tom Brady, um, you know, retired. So my buddy records his son, who's four, crying, and ends up sending this video to his executive about Brady retiring. The executive writes him back. He shows me this email and says, not quite yet. Don't, don't, don't count that story yet. It was it was a little bit premature. So that was pretty cool. Now, I yelled at my friend because I says, we could have used that scoop on John, Dynasty Theory way back when to know it was premature before you know we eventually figured out it was premature. But just saying, I thought it was a cool story. One of my sources had another story, but he held this one. I could have told you Brady was going to come back to Tampa Bay before we even knew he was going back. That would have been a good one. Now, I I, I want to go get myself a nice ink pen. I need a nice <laughs> ink pen. Mitch, do you have any ink pens out there in I have one. Utah? An oh, there you go. I love the Energel ink pens. They're some of the best, but... Wait, is, it, is that a sponsorship? Should we... Get on board we should, there with... because I'm left-handed and only select ink pens work. So this is the one ink pen that actually works when you're left-handed. Otherwise, you smear. Just so everyone knows. Okay, well that riveting is stuff. I know. Talk about pens. Like I said, I'm back. Let's go. Finally, a couple weeks off. I know the crowd has been growing restless. Mitch, you're finally back. I forgot about that. But we're going to get into some training camp battles, trading camp conversations. Um, looking at the schedule here, it is July 19th. Rookies for Buffalo and Las Vegas reported yesterday. Today, Atlanta, Baltimore, Chargers, Miami, New England, New Orleans, Giants, Jets, 
Tomorrow we have rookies from Arizona, and then Thursday we have Cleveland, Green Bay, and Kansas City. I'm sure everybody's going to remember every single one of those that I just rattled off. And then next week, for the most part, it's the veterans. Um, but tomorrow we get the veterans for the Raiders. So that will be intriguing, seeing how Devontae Adams kind of mixes in there. Uh, I'm sure he'll be involved a little bit this season, just a little bit. But uh, putting the notes together here tonight, you could tell I've been off for a few weeks. Yeah, my my section. I, I could I could do a 10 hour show here, but I'm not going to. But I, I tasked both of you guys with some of the more interesting camp battles for you. And maybe it's for selfish reasons for your dynasty rosters. Maybe it is strictly for uh, opportunities that could arise for these guys as the season progresses. But Dan, give me one of your scenarios here. Training camp battles. So, man, I guess I'll start. I, I, I put some battles by position in our, in our show notes tonight. But I'll start with the running back one here. All right. Every year, the 49ers running back situations kind of something happens. Now, I do believe Elijah Mitchell's the guy based on everything we know, everything we've read, what we saw last year. So I'm not doubting that. I'm not a Elijah Mitchell guy. I wouldn't if he gets an injury, I wouldn't be surprised if he something happens over the course of the season. I wouldn't be surprised. But I'm really intrigued by the RB2 in San Francisco. Um, between uh TD Price over there and Trey Sermon, I'm not giving up on Sermon. You know, I, I really I think a year more mature, knowing how to adjust to the NFL. TD Price was drafted a little bit later. I think they're going to compete. I think there's going to be an opportunity to have a shot at that number two and carve out a potential role. And they're just going – like Sermon's going so late in draft, like startup drafts. You could get them easy. I have my shares from last year, a few still left. So I really want to see who wins that backup job there and maybe even gets in the rotation and gets some touches and becomes a relevant uh, fantasy player on our rosters. Now, going off of that, it was perfect timing because it was discussed in the Discord today. I keep saying, join the Discord. The link, it's included in the show description, whether you're on YouTube or you are listening on the podcast feed. DM me on Twitter. I'll send you the link. Completely free. Just fantastic conversations 24-7. There's some football talk in there and then just some, I don't know. There's some dumb conversations in there, too. I'll be honest. Some of those are led by me. But one good conversation that stemmed from the Discord today was the news blurb that Jeff Wilson could very well be that running back too in this offense and solidify himself as the backup there to Elijah Mitchell. And one thing that we really talked about, and it was because of a, de a debate, some might say an argument between me and one of the discord members, Jewy, love you, love you, Jewy. But talking about Elijah Mitchell and his workload, and getting, you know, I think it was uh, over 17 carries per game on 80% of his games in 2021. But overall, we see that type of workload for whoever starts for them, right? So let's say Elijah Mitchell, he can't handle that workload once again, and he misses some games. It could be a great late round dart in Jeff Wilson that at this point in time, you could go out and get him added into a larger deal, right? And if you if the guy is sermon for you, great. I'm not advocating for going out and getting these guys on a one-off basis. Like I wouldn't even move a third for Trey Sermon. And I think people are going to want more than that just because they want to see what they got in them, right? 
but overall, this is one of the 58 scenarios I have written down that <laughs> intrigue me. And it's that San Francisco running back after Elijah Mitchell, because I do think there's an opportunity. And I, you know, whether it's uh, Sermon, Wilson, TDP, I think there is going to be that opportunity to step into a really solid workload, maybe not necessarily in the passing game, but at least in the running game, if Elijah Mitchell were to go down. I completely agree. It's Their value is so low right now that they're so easy to trade for, like you guys brought up, that we know that if Elijah Mitchell goes down, all of a sudden those guys are huge buys in Dynasty. I mean, look at what everyone was doing for the Ravens backs after Gus Edwards went down last year and J.K. Dobbins went down last year. Everyone was blowing I, uh, all their fab on. I don't even remember his name. Tyson Williams. Yeah, that's I, him. <laughs> I, I'm going to have a makeshift Tyson Williams jersey here. But I, no joke, I saw Devontae Freeman get moved for future seconds. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I saw that happen. Devontae Freeman. Like, so that that is that's a good point. But I think now is the time to go out and get them added Agreed. in the deals. Yep. Because you can get them thrown in for virtually nothing. And Dan, I think this is a great one to lead off the show with. You know something's not right. Maybe I'm just in that good of a mood to talk to you two tonight that I'm agreeing with Dan and Mitch right off the bat. But Sam said anything I, yet. Yeah, uh, Mitch, you'll talk later. Don't just you're here to look pretty. All right. You agree there, though, Mitch. He is. We we got to roll with this momentum we have. JB was on on board with us early here in the show, so I think that's that's an excellent start tonight. And and guys, we've done enough drafts this offseason where we're seeing the running back position thins out pretty quick. And if anyone hasn't done a draft, be careful because if you fade him a little bit, you're going to be needing someone to hit later on. And I just saw Trey Sermon, or to your point, uh, JB, I'm just as easy good of Jeff Wilson if you're a believer in what he could do. You're going to need a guy like this at the bottom of your roster. You know, you need you need some running back dart throws that are going to pan out, and that's what I want to see in camp coming up. How are these guys looking? Where are they getting the reps in the depth chart? And, uh, you know, how do I solidify the bottom of my roster? And those are the types of guys. Sorry to interrupt you, Mitch. I know okay. you're going to jump in there okay. for your first comment 10 minutes in. Uh, I'm, I'm just trying to come up for air here. But those are the exact types of guys I want on the back of my roster. We're taking part. Mitch, uh, Dan, I don't think you're in the 14 team startup. Nope. I can't even keep trying. I don't Not even know recent. if I'm in it anymore. But the guys that I'm pulling the trigger on at this point, they're all running backs. And we're in the 18th, 19th, 20th round of a 14 team league. And there's 36 rounds, I think. That needs to be corrected. There's going to be nobody left. I'll be drafting Mitch Sorensen. But those are the exact types of guys that could help you as the season progresses or you can dump and move for future draft capital. All right, Mitch, take it away, buddy. All right. So speaking of the exact same type of backfields we're going to attack in Tampa Bay, we have Rashad White. You know, Dynasty Theory's own Rashad White with Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard could easily be cut at some point throughout training camp because he might want to go to another team to where he's getting more work. But at the same time, we can never count on a rookie coming in being the third down back for Tom Brady. So it's just one that if you, if you get that one, right, we know that more than likely Leonard Fournette isn't going to get 80% of the touches like he was, you know, at the end of last year, they're going to start mixing in a third down back some more or someone just to give him a breather. Ronald Jones is gone. Whatever one of these two backs actually does something, 
more than likely they're going to start a game. At some point in the season, Fournette's going to miss a game for whatever reason. These guys are going to play. These guys will instantly give you, you get a round two pick instantly for them. And they're probably thirds now. I mean, Giovanni Bernard is absolutely free. He's probably up on a lot of your free agency, you know, waivers. I Oh, go ahead, Dan. Just to, to add to that, what I would want to see, Mitch, is what Rashad White looks like in camp. You know, even I if you're going to say in pass protection, right? Well, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going there. I'm going there because we know Lenny's overweight. We know Lenny just got a three year guaranteed contract. I'm still a Lenny believer. I'm not letting it necessarily scare me away, but he's not getting any younger. So I want to get a little bit of glimpse of, hey, even if Tampa Bay is going to be patient and run with Gio Bernard early in the year, could this kid play when the opportunity comes? And, you know, hey, but they may, they may not cut. Bernard, Mitch, that they, they may need him for very well for depth, but it could be White being the lead guy at some point with Bernard still having some kind of you know scat pack type role. So th- this could go a few different ways over the course of a long seventeen game season. I, I'm okay with the overall thought there of Geo Bernard. I just think, and, and just an interesting camp battle. Certainly, I think whoever comes out of that, especially if it's Rashad White. It's just going to propel his value up even higher. I think looking at it from an actionable standpoint, going out to acquire, it would be tough to acquire Rashad White right now with the news that Leonard Fournette's topping the scales at 260 pounds. And for, can I say, I know it, you know everyone has fun knocking these guys. Let's not all act like we didn't plump up a little bit during COVID. Because I know I sure as hell did. So I reserve my my jokes there. I'll make fun of him for other things. But come on. Come Gio on. Gio is free, though. That's the thing. Is like, you get Gio. I think I got him like the 19th round of that startup you top out, John. And there's right. there's no one to draft right now. That's the thing. Is like, you're scrolling. You're like, I'll go with that one, I guess. And it's, you know, there's backs like this that I think can hit. Instead of having 2-2 Atwell on your bench. You know, you should have a running back like this instead. Gio Bernard, you could get super late. You probably still pick him up maybe even in in, oh, in, sure. in in some leagues. And again, there could be a value there. Where I worry about a guy like Lenny is, you know, I think he's going to get himself. I mean, he's get, busting his tail now, I'm sure, getting himself ready for camp. He'll shed a ton of pounds during camp. But do you start overcompensating because you didn't train properly, okay? <laughs> we can still perform on Dynasty Theory, JB, if we, we put on a few pounds during COVID. But Lenny's putting himself a little bit more at risk for a hamstring pull, for some kind of, you know, lower body injury injury um if he pushes it too hard kind of compensating for some last time this offseason so th- it is a concern yeah you look at his games last year and geo geo bernard uh he had the 110 target game uh he uh, didn't play to to wrap up the season mm-hmm. but that backfield is a little bit different this year and it is going to come down to do they trust i i i, I may i make fun of of dan a little bit here in terms of the pass protection because ultimately between pass protection and fantasy results, there's little to no correlation. But but I will say, if you have to go between Bernard and maybe a rookie that is struggling in pass protection, maybe maybe we do see a little bit of less of uh, Rashad White there. And Dan, you kind of perked up a little bit. Yeah, volume's the name of the game. That's why I worry about pass pro, because I don't want my guy on the bench because he can't pass protect but the Buccaneers running back situation is like the Buffalo Bills passing game you want Tampa Bay running backs 
Tom, Tom's Mr. Checkdown. He will get those guys involved. And we know Bernard can catch. You know White was brought in because they believe he could catch. We know Lenny could catch. You know, so they could do those things. But they do want to stay on the field, JB. Don't go shaking your head when I talk about pass pro. Uh, really quick, just a high level looking at my my Rich fantasy is chomping league. at the bit over there. I, He's got something. He's got something, JB. No, no. I'm just, you know, I know you wrote all these names down, and I'm eager to hear every single one of them, especially the last one because I don't even know who that is. <laughs> Like, I have no idea. None. I I want to say, I, I wrote these down just so I, they, I could at least mention them. But I'm not going to go into a deep conversation. But anyway, like I was saying, you talk about Gio Bernard. Again, this is this is that, you know, I, I'm not. Are you going out and offering a fourth for him? No. No. I wouldn't. Not a chance. I'm no, just saying, so pick him up or drop him late. <laughs> he is a fan. He's available. He's available in over twenty five percent of my leagues on on my fantasy league. See, in, in, uh, and we've cleared multiple rounds of waivers, so I don't even know if you have to put a buck on him. And I, I will sometimes, like, say John Bauer has Geo for some reason, you know, the bottom of his roster, and I'm looking to attain a cheap back, and I'm really struggling to get a running back in the league. I'll find a different one for one that maybe John Bauer likes, and just ask you to throw in Geo Bernard because you don't mm-hmm. you don't care. So, you know, I, I think we spent enough time talking about Gio Bernard, but I think it's just it's yeah, a Tampa Bay scenario about him? and an opportunity. Well, you keep going on, JB. Give us someone new. All right. Well, I'll give you somebody new. So the running back two scenario, and th- this is like the running back two show, right? But these are training camp battles that intrigue us. We're not necessarily going to go out and really focus on the highest end assets because they're pretty solidified. I see a comment. It's Vaughn time, baby. I can't even, I can't even mention him with that backfield. Like I forgot I, about him. I I hope I hope he does something that'll be fantastic, but I'm not holding my breath. So looking at the the two that we mentioned from a passing game perspective might be the way to go. But the running back two theme is going to continue here, and I'm looking at the running back two in Arizona. Mm-hmm. I James Connor. We always talk about his health. That's no surprise. And they have Daryl Williams. They have Keontae Ingram. Uh, who else is there? You know Benjamin. You know, yeah, know, slipping so many crazy reports on both of these guys. Oh, you know, Benjamin's this and that. And uh, uh, Daryl Williams is terrible in one report and he's good in another. So, I mean, what do we believe? Right. But even like, give me Daryl Williams from Kansas City that was essentially just a volume based plotter. Mm-hmm. I'll take that for what he is. And in an offense that saw what? 17 18 touchdowns from james connor last year just pulling this uh you know a quick guess but if you can give me some of that upside if james connor were to miss time it's gonna be very interesting to see how they deploy james connor and if they utilize him as much in the passing game which i he's a very capable pass catching back but also if he can stay healthy um it's gonna be intriguing so dan let me ask you if you had to Put your money down right now. Who lands that running back two role to start the season that very well could transition into that temporary running back one situation if James Conner missed time? I'm a little bit. It's funny. I have these guys literally ranked 71st, 72nd, 73rd, and I'm going to watch to see it make some more stronger opinions in camp. But if I'm uh, putting money down, I, I'm a little more bullish on Eno Benjamin, just knowing the system, seeing some glances. Kansas City was willing to, you know, let Williams go. They don't really have, you know, the, the most deepest running back situation themselves. So I'm going to go with Eno, but I'm not going to argue too long on it if you like one of the other guys. 
Mitch, if, if you're if you're making a play and we have a larger trade at, at hand, and I have, let's say I just have all three of those guys, yeah. Ingram, Eno, and Daryl Williams, and I you say, hey, I'm gonna j- just include one of these guys to make the, the trade even number wise. I don't want to cut anybody, whatever the situation may be, which one would you ask to get thrown in? Probably Daryl Williams, just because even if he does get cut, I think another team's gonna pick him up. To where if we see someone like Eno cut, he might just be on a practice squad for another team for the rest of the year. So hopefully with Daryl, I can at least get a startable week this season out of him. For the record, I would also go Daryl Williams. I, I I think the fact that they, they brought him in, it shows their maybe lack of uh, comfort there in Keontae as a depth piece and, and sliding Eno possibly down to that running back three. But again... This is a lower depth piece that could very well have an impact as the season progresses. I'm not saying I feel warm and cozy running out as my starting running backs, Gio Bernard, Jeff Wilson, and Daryl Williams. But and I think I think another point of comparison to again, Tampa Bay, it's a running back friendly system with a very good offensive line. Arizona, you got Kyler running. They've got a very weak O line. I'm, you know, I'm more likely to say, "Hey, take him on my roster." Versus, I probably would a, a Tampa Bay back. All right, Dan. Who else do you got? Another another camp battle here. So here's another just running back situation. You know, maybe a little less. I don't know if you want to call it a camp battle. I'm sure the team thinks they have got some good competition there in camp, but behind Josh Jacobs, because I want to know, is anyone going to kind of dip into Josh Jacobs' role, and if they are, in in what capacity, and then you know, Jacobs gets dinged up who who's going to step up and who do I want? You got my, our, our Georgia rookie, who's my dog, but Mitch's boy. And I think he claimed him in our, our preseason uh, right. dynasty drafts there. And Zamir white, you got Kenyon Drake, who's the veteran who's, you know, flashed at times. And he, he kind of seems like the guy that could be next. And I, I heard he might even be recovering from some injury. And then you got Brandon Bolden, who's a McDaniels guy who we know could catch out of the backfield. He was definitely John, John Bowers fab free agent special last year, but that's a lot of backs. So I, I want to see kind of how they're, you know, using them. And, and I'm also a little curious of Josh McDaniels. Is this going to be like new England where you're guessing running backs all the time? Or, you know, I like to think J- Josh Jacobs is going to be the guy. He's, a, he's someone I've taken some flyers on when, you know, that running back position thins out and you still want to get a name with potential on a very explosive offense, which I, I think could be really good. I did. I have this scenario. I actually didn't even have this scenario out of all of them, but I actually think, let me know your, your thought here overall. I think the, the Vegas backfield situation, it kind of plays fairly similarly to Washington where you have Gibson and Jacobs. You're not really sure of what that role is going to look like for either. You have Zamir white coming in, Brian Robinson coming in. How much are they going to eat into for Brian Robinson? I think it's more the goal line work and the short yardage work. But with Zamir White, just how are they going to incorporate him? And then you have the respective veterans in Kenyon Drake and J.D. McKissick. McKissick possibly capping Gibson's upside. And then uh, Kenyon Drake, does he eat into that workload at all for Josh Jacobs? I, I think both of those backfields are extremely interesting. And not only is the running back two scenario intriguing and how does it affect the starters, but with Vegas, you mentioned, Dan, like the Josh Jacobs situation because of the contract, I think it could go one of two ways. They, they, and Mitch, we've talked about this in the discord, but they did not exercise the fifth year option 
because you have to do it so far ahead. Whereas they could franchise him at a, a much lower cost or uh, extend him next year if he's able to stay healthy. Um, so maybe they're looking to run him into the ground if there are no intentions of extending him beyond 2022. So it's interesting how that's going to play out and unfold because I think one way or another, it's going to be a very good value for Josh Jacobs or people are going to be very upset with the stock they put into him. Uh, Mitch overall thoughts. Does Zamir white do enough to take a sizable workload from Jacobs this year? No, but I think the argument we're going to, that we could have is, Who's going to be active on game days? Canyon Drake or Zamir White? Because Brandon Bolden is like a special teams ace. He is going to be on every single game day roster if he's healthy. So then it comes down to, are they keeping Zamir on the field? Are they going to keep Drake more? In my view, as much as I love Zamir, I could just see them like giving him not the year off because there's going to be injuries, so he's going to get time to play. But let him sit burn up Jacobs and Drake. And then if Samir can show that he's healthy, maybe give him a bigger role next season, because I don't see there's any way that those four backs are going to be starting on game days for, you know, on the game day roster for the Raiders. That's a really good point for Bolden. Just looking at his game logs last year, uh, one, two, I mean, and most of the games, he was over 60% of the special team snaps, mm-hmm. whether uh, a kickoff return, punt return. So I think he is that guy that could provide that from a real life NFL perspective. I don't know. It's a, I, I think the big question here and the big potential spike in value is if you go out and get Zamir white today, or if you go out and get him early in the season when he's not getting much of a workload yep. and you have that conviction and belief that he is going to take over potentially in 2023, that's probably the time to go out and acquire him it's just really tough for me to buy into him as a player because of what he's gone through. And I know that's not necessarily always going to translate, but I don't think I have very many shares of Zamir, maybe one or two, honestly. And I I think that's really good coverage on the Raiders. I'll add one piece to Washington. You know, I'll be interested to see, you know, Antonio Gibson and I've really avoided him and he's a guy I've been acquiring. I used to like, you know, and and I I think, you know, Hey, is he completely healthy this year where he could elevate his game a bit and really be just a really good running back for that team and keep Brian Robinson do well enough to keep Brian Robinson, you know, off the field enough to not really dip into his, his touches. But JD McKissick's a guy who, we've liked in the last in recent years is just a pass catching back. He's a real darn good football player. Mitch saw that when he was with his Detroit lions, he was good again in Washington, but with Carson Wentz coming there and being like anti check down quarterback, I'm wondering if McKissick really did relegates to strictly a good football player. Who's going to get some catches because he's their best receiving guy, but I can see a big dip in targets. And, and then that, what, do you, what do you do with McKissick on your roster? If he has a dip in targets, I mean, he's worthless. Worth. Thank you. That's my point. But, but I'm I'm throwing the flag here. I'm throwing the flag. And I did this in the Discord too. And you you magically vanished whenever I brought this comment up. But Carson Wentz, there was over a 20% running back target share last year in Indianapolis. Naheem Hines was heavily used in the passing game. Jonathan Taylor was used. I know I'm not saying that's Frank TV. Reich and all those screens. That's not checkdowns. That's a lot of screen passes and, and design plays versus check down Charlie to McKissick. So I think that's a little bit of a skewed 
stat there that we're going to see work out a little bit differently in Washington. And you, you don't think Taylor Heineke, who was looking to go down the field, he wasn't checking down. You're telling me those weren't designed as well. Watch the film. I think Taylor Heineke might be almost as good as Carson Wentz. So I'd be a little uh, concerned about anything is. going on oh, in Washington oh, come right on, get, now. Come he on. is. He's better. Yeah. He, he may not have the God-given like uh, athletic ability, but man, just football IQ and I don't know. People might actually like him. Probably matters a little bit. But Team will play for him. They'll run through a wall for the guy because he's got heart. Uh, Mike in the chat says, did they bring back? I, I can't stand any of you. Did they bring back McKissick first or Carson Wentz? Hey, uh, I give him credit. They stole McKissick back. They didn't let him go when Buffalo. Carson Wentz was traded on March 16th. No, nope. I'm impressed if you pulled dates this quick. Did this dude write an article a week later about the trade? March 9th. Looks like March 9th was the Carson Wentz trade, and then free agency would have been after that. So they brought Wentz first, and then retained McKissick. So, so I really quick, really quick, I, I Googled J.D. McKissick signs, and the first thing that pops up is his Zodiac sign. He's a Leo. Oh, that's so good to go. know. That's so good. you guys know. We delivered you deep here on Dynasty Theory. And that was a week later. That was March 16th. The title of the article, not so fast. Washington signs J.D. McKissick after nearly blah, blah, blah. All our Leo okay. listeners just moved him up in their rankings. I know. I know. The Leo okay. Leo Lions, can right? Throw, can I throw out another running back one to talk about? Please. Yeah, sure. So here's one that I am greatly interested in because I think it's an opportunity that could really pay big dividends depending on which way it goes. And, and I know we've been down this road, and it's it kind of falls in the, the Jacobs class. How about- but I know, but I think we might even like different guys, Mitch. I'm not sure, but the Kansas City Chiefs situation, their offensive line, I started diving into O-lines a little bit, and it's near elite, which I didn't realize how quickly that line's kind of bounced back. Because I know they went through you know, a little bit of a transition period where the line had some trouble and Mahomes was running around getting sloppy, but that O-line is really good. And you take Tyreek Hill out of that offense, if there's ever a year – to lean more on that run game and every year for CEH to seize the moment. Cause I really don't believe in Rojo. I know he's a, he can run hard and get, you know, give him some, some, some burn there, but man, I want to watch camp and I'm, I'm really hoping CEH is super healthy. I need him to be in one of my dynasty leagues and probably some best balls. Um, but I, I hope he shines and I, and I will be watching to see how Rojo fits into that. Does he look good as well? Does Jarek McKinnon coming back a year last year was weird because I kind of liked McKinnon. And I waited all year, and I'm like, man, they're not even using this guy. And then all of a sudden, real late when it counted, like like late season, postseason, McKinnon had such a role. So I'm very intrigued by the Kansas City backfield this year. At cost, give me Ronald Jones over CEH. At cost, give me McKinnon over both. Yeah, painfully here. At cost, I'll go back to Vegas and take Brandon Bolden. No. See, there we go. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, and I've never been a CH guy. Not one, not until this year have I been yep. a CH guy. I just got this gut feeling. There's there's something in my veins, guys. I, I just think there's such an opportunity. If there was ever a time playing for money, playing the DFS for a future, money burning from here. <laughs> it could happen, Mitch. Burning it all. CH week one lineups. Mitch, before we get to your other scenario, can I just rattle through a few? Oh, please go right on. You'll probably name mine halfway through. I didn't read them all, to be honest. Uh, no, I, I left that out. But oh, okay. The Atlanta running back situation. I like that one. It, it, it It's interesting because 
like Damian Williams just kind of forgot about Tyler Algier. It, 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 it seems like depending on the league mates, depending on the, the overall league dynamic, there's some leagues where he, I've still seen him go for a 23 second, mm-hmm. but then some leagues he's more as that throw in piece just to get a deal done. So I, I'm not necessarily calling for a breakout by any means, but I, I think one of those guys from a workload perspective, just in 2022, if I have Tyler Algier, if I haven't moved him yet, and he is the guy in 22, I'm looking to move off of him as soon as he has any type of workload. I, I want nothing to do with him beyond 2022. And if it's Damian Williams, see, I mean, if you get a third after he would do something, I'm not saying right now, but if he has a positive blurb, if he's, you know, named their starting running back week one, maybe anything opens up. Hell, give me a pair of fourths. I'll take that. But uh, so the Atlanta running back situation, and I know uh, Cordero Patterson, is he going to be as involved in the running game? At least reports that I've seen, there are question marks surrounding that. Maybe he is used a little bit less as a hybrid, more as a receiver, but we'll see. Uh, not necessarily a battle by any means, because I don't think either of them start week one, and I'd be shocked. But the progression and the the news that we get out of camp in Atlanta so sticking in Atlanta and Pittsburgh with Desmond Ritter and, and Kenny Pickett. Again, I don't think either of them start week one, two, three, but I want to see strides because especially Pickett, that value, it seems to be just dropping and dropping and dropping. And I think a lot of that is just impatience because people wanted him to start week one. And now it sounds certainly like Mitchell Trubisky is going to. Let me get through a few more scenarios real quick, Dan, and then you can circle back here. I want to talk about the ones you just talked about. All right, fine, go. Well, while, while it's fresh, I just want to add one thing to the Atlanta situation. I am really worried about their old line and, and, and what they could do. But, you know, maybe it was just, I think I think it was the Bears I was watching trying to figure out their offense last year. Where That's where Damian Williams, they, they signed him for. You know, the year before, you know, he was with Kansas City, flashed. I remember he was an old Dynasty Theory boy there, your guy Damian Williams. But when I watched him And last he went to year, Chicago and he was just there. Yeah, and he was just there. But I watched those Bears games, you know, just trying to get a feel for the for the Bears offense fancy. You know, why is Allen Robinson doing bad? What, what What's up with Darnell Mooney and those kind of things? And Williams kind of looked good. And he's a big special teams guy. You know, Mitch brought up the point about Bolden. He is going to be active because he's going to be a special teams guy. What if Aguilar, Aguilar however you say his name, is a bust for some reason? And they use Patterson a little bit different. Like, I could see... Williams having some kind of role, but at the same time, I, I just he's going to no line that's a, l- a little bit shaky, so I'm worried about that. And then I also put Trubisky Pickett on, on my list, JB. I saw him on, on yours, and I'm just really intrigued. I've got some rosters with Trubisky. I'm wondering, I think Trubisky starts no matter what week one, unless the bottom 100, fell, 100, fell 100%, 100%. off. But what I want to know is, what does Pickett look like? How far away is he? So can I at least project, hey, Trubisky's safe for a year, and I feel good about that where I have him. Or, man, if Trubisky falters halfway through the season, is he going to lose that job? So I'm really curious to keep an eye on Trubisky and how he's developing. Yeah, same thing as I mentioned earlier with one of the scenarios. uh, With Zamir White, it was. But with Kenny Pickett, if you believe in him, once week one rolls around, I'd be shocked if Mitchell Trubisky doesn't start the season for the Pittsburgh Steelers that's when you should pursue Kenny Pickett, especially if you see a team that might be looking to contend. Uh, he slipped in the rookie draft. Somebody took him 109, 110, 111. I would be looking uh, 
to potentially get a, a deal done there. Uh, Mike says in the chat, and I, while it's true, it, Pickett is sitting third string right now. He's behind Rudolph. Just be cautious with these early depth charts, okay? A.J. Brown was the wide receiver three throughout a good portion of the offseason as, as a rookie there in uh, Tennessee. So I, that's just one scenario, but just just be a little cautious. To, but- to, the, to that point, JB, as I was breaking down O-lines before the show here, there are so many camp battles at O-line, and if you are looking heavily at depth charts, like you go to ESPN and you look at depth charts, it's just something on paper right now. It's like your best guess. So same thing like, the, you know, sometimes it's out of respect for a guy like Rudolph who's coming into camp. We're calling him the number two, but Mason Rudolph knows the writing's on the wall. Dalen Tolbert, my man, he seems to be getting nothing, nothing but positive blurbs up to this point. Uh, James Washington, obviously being a little bit unhealthy, a little banged up here throughout the offseason. The early stages, at least, has not been good for his prospect here. But if Jalen Tolbert, if he can solidify himself in the high-powered offense, I I, I just want to continue to hear positive things. I know a lot of it up to this point is just uh, guessing. But I want to see what he does with this offense at camp. Dan, do you have an issue with Jalen Tolbert? What? No, I haven't mentioned those. I have an issue with every time John calls a Dallas Cowboy his guy and places so much <laughs> emphasis on focus on my Cowboys. Like it just look at it, it, I need a therapy session for that, uh, Mitch. I need like a fantasy doctor or something. You know, I don't know. Like he's showing off Troy, Troy Aikman Funko. Like that should really be behind John Bauer. That, like that isn't my fan cave, but. You know, we call Tolbert your boy. and <laughs> Well, I had to move. I had to rearrange because I had these on the floor uh, earlier yesterday, and my son decided to rip Josh Good for him. I, I mean. That's a t- uh, that went from a collector's item to a toy I would tonight. Too. <laughs> but, but, yeah, he knew Josh oh, Allen was whatever. the one to pick, the one that he wanted. Just like his, just like his dad, fair, you know, fair. Uh, the, the, cow, the cowboy beat writers, John are saying everything, everything we're hearing is the cowboy coaches really like Tober right now. So if there's any, you know, smoke or yeah, fire where that smoke is early signs are good. Yeah. And I, if I weren't overly exposed to him right now, I would be, um, I would be looking to acquire more shares as a part of a larger deal. But even if you could do uh, maybe a, a move a veteran to a team that might be looking to contend and, and bolster that starting lineup uh, to go through a few of these a little more quickly. You got to do the last the one. At least make sure you get to the last one. I want to do the two questions you actually have on the show notes. All right. So okay. make sure I, you get time. to the we last got time one. Yet. We got time. Cross positionally here, KJ Osborne, Irv Smith. I want to see Irv Smith coming back post injury. KJ Osborne had his moments last year. I don't know, even though the reports were saying that this offense is really going to pick it up from a passing perspective. I don't know if we're going to see four pass catchers plus Dalvin cook be heavily utilized. So uh, green Bay wide receiver that that's a, Oh, come on, Dan. Allow some time for commentary. JB, you put some good ones on there. I want to give you credit. All right. So, like, Osborne and Irv Smith's interesting. Like, I hope they don't, like, wash each other out in, in, in the fantasy world. What I'm hoping is Irv's the guy, especially in the red zone. He, get, You know, we saw some flashes when he was healthy, and that's been rare. But when he was healthy, he could be the guy in the red zone. So, I'm hoping there's a lot of production there, and he gets that tight end burn. And I'm hoping Osborne's just, like, a late good guy to take in case 
God forbid there's an injury, Thielen or JJ, then you got yourself a number two that, that could be productive. So I think they, they both have a role draft, and Irv would be my first choice, but I'm hoping they don't kind of strike each other out there like you putting them both on there, JB. You got me a little nervous. Green Bay wide receiver, that that's a given. I, I Everybody wants to see how that's going to play out. Uh, Michael Thomas, sounds like there's some positive reports there. So I have Alave and Landry. I, I want to see how that plays out. Uh, a lot of tight end premium leagues. New York Giants, Washington, Denver. So not necessarily exciting and thrilling situations if you're not in tight end premium leagues, but a lot of the two PPR. Mitch, what? What? What are you uh, laughing at? I just know we're going to make it through all of them, and I'm excited to hear all the names. He wants yeah. to, he, he wants to, the, 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 that last one in, the, in the, your it's important. mad long list. He wants to hear you say that name. I'm going to skip to it. Another tight end situation, Austin Hooper. And I put Chiggy. Yeah. Okay. You don't know who Chiggy is? No Ch- idea. Chigozia <laughs> Maconquo. Oh. The tight end they drafted. All right. And I think they are two very different tight ends, obviously. Nobody's going to mistake Austin Hooper for an athletic freak. But maybe they could play off of each other. There were some positive reports with Aconquo uh, uh, during the, the, the rookie mini camp. So we'll see how that plays out. JB re- renamed him Chiggy, Mitch. So we're, like we're, we're going to look good. for Chiggy this year. And I, I actually just acquired him. I moved. Oh, God, what did I move? Another end of bench player and $10 fab. And it, it wasn't with Dan. Somebody took a page out of Dan's book. Uh, he was a hot fab guy when we saw, you know, the Twitter reports rolling from camp and Tannehill gave him some good praise. So it is an interesting one to watch to see, hey, is there any merit to what we're hearing in those, you know, early offseason Twitter posts from early camp? But I, I think Hooper, the veteran, could potentially have a nice role. Uh, and in break, I need I need a positive blurb from about Kate Otten. So I can yeah. dump those shares. Honestly, I have a ton and I took it. Go ahead, Mitch. Oh, I was just going to say real quick. If you have Bray and you can move him for anything, move him move for him. anything. Like he isn't going to be good in fantasy this year. Like if I only have one take this season, it's Cameron Bray should not be on your fantasy football teams. I would love to do it. Maybe again, tight end premium. So asterisk. But if we could do Bray and a fourth for a third. Like that's the type of move, yeah. move right up my alley to get him off your team. And then same thing with Otten based on his profile. I know we've seen obviously Rob Gronkowski flourish in that offense with Tom Brady, but I would be looking to move him a little higher up than the Brayton movie we just talked about. Man, I'm looking at a lot of low end tight ends tonight, low end yeah. running backs, low end tight ends. And Dan is salivating over there. Yeah, I, I want to add to that Tennessee situation. I'm going to be watching Tennessee in general. We're all going to want to see, you know, hopefully Burks bounces back, mm-hmm. got his conditioning, right. Learned a few things from his first camp. I am not really high on the Robert Woods train. I thought he was a declining asset big time. Then he has a serious injury. He's a good blocker. You know, we, we know we like that in Tennessee with, with uh, Derek Henry, and he's a tough dude, a tough football player. So if anyone could bounce back, you know, maybe it's Robert Woods. But they need some pass catchers to step up. What if Burke still has some growing pains? What if Woods is, is on the decline? I really want to see Kyle Phillips rise. I'm hoping he's as good as what I thought his fill, film was, and he could be a legitimate slot receiver and maybe a top target in Tennessee. I know they have Nick Westbrook-Akini Akini there is like the third guy. 
I'm not a believer there at all. So I'm, I'm really hoping Kyle gets in there. I'll be watching that closely. And then let me add the, the Ravens is a number two wide receiver situation. Um, I've been big on Duvernay. I, I like think him it's la- Duvernay. Last year, I thought I, I was hoping I was a year too early. I've heard some other people say Tylon Wallace. I don't, I don't know if he, his name's kind of rising from the ashes. And then, you know, I think Prochet is a courtesy, just gets put in the conversation. But I really want to see Duvernay step up. And I know, you know, sometimes there's also that concern, hey, how much production is the number two receiver going to get in Baltimore after Andrews, Bateman, the running backs, you know, they like multiple tight ends. So we'll see, but I think there could be some value there in Duvernay. You know where the value is? And that segues perfectly. It's the tight end two here. Okay. And I, I'm still putting my chips on Charlie Cooler. I talked about him. I believe it was in February. Uh, I I like the profile and. Likely shined in camp. I know, I but, but he is he is so slow. He is so slow. So I would be just know how to get open though, JB. They just know how to get open. Yeah, I'll be interested to see. And he did shine in the rookie mini camp. I know, I know. So every blurb I saw, those are the ones where it's just it's just rookie mini camp. It doesn't matter. But I I want to see the how that progresses because I think one of those two could I, again two PPR picking up some tight end two weeks as a uh, flyer there uh, as a flex play in 2022, but that cooler profile, I'm telling you, it's one that really intrigues me. (sighs) Mitch, give me, give me someone here. I'm tired of talking for a minute. All right. I'm going to hit someone real quick, but then we got to get on to the next questions. We will. We will. We will. That's good. Okay. 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 I'm just going to go with really quick uh, Josh Palmer and Jalen guy. And only because, the Chargers threw so much last year. They were top five in pass rate, you know, in close games to where looking at the offense as a whole, that ain't going to change. I mean, if anything, I think they're going to pass more. So while last year, this was kind of, you know, the talk everyone liked Palmer or they like guy in, I think this year it could actually manifest into some fantasy weeks that are playable. I don't know if it's going to be dynasty wise, you want them, but maybe it's more for, bi-week fill-ins, uh, DFS play sort of thing with these with these other guys. And if Mike Williams goes down, I, I think... Yeah, exactly. I, and that's where, I, I believe it was... was It was the end of last year. I, I think it was Mike Williams that might have missed a game or maybe Keenan Allen as well. And I think Palmer popped in one, Guyton popped in the other. Exactly, and yeah. <laughs> like, like, so maybe not knowing who it's going to be, it's tough to to invest in those types of receivers, but if I have them on my roster, they're the exact types of guys I would be looking to move yep. once that scenario plays out. Dan, do you think? Do you think? I mean, they add Gerald Everett. You have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Do you think there is room for a fantasy viable third receiver there? Throughout this offseason, I've shied away from it, so I'm glad Mitch has brought it up. Because I think they bring in Isaiah Spiller. I think this is an offense a little bit more on efficiency. I think Gerald Everett's that extra weapon that they were hoping to get. And I don't think there's a lot much more, you know, to go around. But Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, they have had some, you know, time being injured. And and that is a great passing offense. We love Herbert. So I think what's good is, you know, where most of this offseason I'm looking at, okay, who's going to win between Jamison Crowder and Isaiah McKenzie? And now I'm starting to lean Crowder, Jim Mitch's boy. It better but, be. But like I, I'm so high on Buffalo's offense and all those weapons that I'm kind of maybe neglecting the Chargers. So I, I think as Mitch brings good attention to 
some receivers that are kind of flying under the radar that, hey, Palmer still got some upside. He's a, he's a recent rookie pick. Hopefully he could take that next step. Or does Guyton continue to evolve? We, I think there were some good uh, reports out of camp on him. And like I said, to reiterate, I'll be shipping either off if anything positive comes out of them. Uh, back to Minnesota really quick. Comment in the chat. What about Amir Smith-Marzette? I'd be shocked if there's any long-term value there. Uh, you got a 24 third for him. Yes, please. I'll take the third all day, every day. All right. Rattling through. I want to see what happens in Buffalo's backfield cook and Singletary, the wide receiver two situation in Cleveland, Bell, DPJ and Schwartz, Naheem Hines, not necessarily battle, but I want to see how he's deployed and utilized in training camp. The wide receivers out in Kansas city, the running back two in Los Angeles. I think it's going to be Spiller, but Kelly's still lingering around the Miami backfield. Man, I can't wait till I. That's can a just, mystery. I can jump up and down on the rooftops when Chase Edmonds it cracks ten PPR points. <laughs> it's it's week twelve, and I can finally say yes. But I'm I'm Team Edmonds, and I've been vocal about that. And then I can't wait to see how things play out with Claypool in uh, Pickens, but more so Claypool from a maturity. Uh, yeah, standpoint. I'm um, looking at Mitch's face. I was waiting for him to jump in and say something. No, no I, I just like how I say Claypool. Claypool. Yeah. Claypool. Uh, we've we've been down this path before. Uh, okay, so I, boom, that was quick. There. There's gonna be a, like I can't. Football's almost here, guys. It's so close. it is almost here. All right. Uh, all right, Mitch. This is it. Yeah. Who is a player? that will get a positive news blurb and rise in perceived value throughout well, training camp. I'm glad you went with me because Dan has a note saying that he has four of them. So <laughs> no, I also have... I also have four. Of course <laughs> you two do. Of course. I mean, like, why wouldn't you? All right. Mine's going to be Daniel Jones because I think that's all that it takes for his value to go up. Right now, it's, you know, people are ranking like quarterbacks like Tua is like a top 15 quarterback this year. And that's it's a little weird because I think Daniel Jones is in just as good of a position as Tua is. Oh, come, what? What? I want to go that far. It's a better team. Yeah. It's a better team. Is it? I think so. No. Yeah. Not, they don't have as yeah. much talent on that roster, and they definitely don't have the elite receivers. They have one that we're hoping. Like, I hope you're right with Danny Jones because that means my boy Kadarius Tony is hopefully also benefiting I, from there. Yeah. I, I, I yeah. think Mitch saw that fifty some thousand dollar rookie card go on Twitter in that auction about Danny Dimes. So yeah. apparently, Mitch know. bought it. Mitch is the one that bought it. <laughs> we have Jones official confirmation. Will be moved in the same tier as like, yeah, nah, let's go, Mac Jones is by the end of training camp. How's that? I'm speechless. That's good. It's, it's but, possible. That That is possible. Mac Jones range. From right a value perspective, I, I don't think it is possible. But what is I, that? I, top 25? I mean. Uh, Mac Jones is going well within the top 25 quarterbacks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he gets bumped up more. That, you know. So we're looking at like quarterback 17, 18. Yeah. Daniel Jones. There's a path. Is Daniel Jones. Jones. I mean. Dropping dimes. He's you're lucky he's I didn't say there. top he, ten. He's down there with Malik Willis in ADP not, right now. That's not my fault. People don't believe in him. But if we're talking, who 
Who is going to rise in perceived value? I'd be Off shocked. of a blurb. He did answer your question him. there. He could rise in perceived I'm value. I'm excited that for your four staff? players here, John. And I swear, <laughs> they're going to be like, what's going to be Ryan Tannehill? And I don't even know the rest. Probably Chase Edmonds, I would guess. Just, you know, Chase Edmonds off. is number one. Chase oh, Edmonds God, is number it. one. All right, Dan, give me your four players there. Who's who's going to rise in perceived value? Because there's going to be some positive news blurb throughout training camp. All right, I went with three scenarios. Two players make up the running back scenario. You know, again, we're trying to find somebody that not everyone thinks is going to break out this year or something could kind of align the right way, kind of like Danny Dimes. So, so Mitch answered the question well. Okay. At running back, I have Miles Sanders and CEH. I think both of their O-lines are elite offensive lines, and there's a chance for heavy volume and, and just two athletic dudes with pedigree. Like it, it all makes sense that one of them, if not both, could break out. So I think there could be some good reports, and we hear some more buzz, and these offenses look great. And so I, I think they could elevate. Wide receiver, this one's not as trendy, but we're all talking about the Judys and the Devonta Smiths and all these other guys. And my boy Michael Pittman's always behind them. His stock has rose this offseason, but I think he's going a- as a top 12 wide receiver. No, but I think he could cement himself. Like, I think he could legitimately just get the respect he deserves on him. He, he couldn't be one. more cemented if he were lying down in a construction zone where they're paving the streets here in Pittsburgh with all the potholes. He still gets passed up for, for Judy and no, he doesn't. In some situations, you can't trade him for him sometimes. Like, you can't. You can't obtain them sometimes. You can't obtain, or, or like Pittman. you can't, like you could, you could get like. A, I'm saying that the wrong way there. Like people don't want to. I don't know. They don't want good uh, effort on that one. I say. Yeah, I, I just think Pittman could totally just escalate above so many guys. I know he's rose this off season, but I think there's just another tier. I, I think you could really just more talk of him being the guy, number one, inside the top ten, even potentially. All right, if you want to say he can get inside the top 10, I think okay. he can creep. I think he can creep. And then my other one, I, I just love it. I'm going to rock the boat until anyone pays any respect. You're talking about all these tight end twos tonight, and you know we're hearing all these fade tight ends and all these tight end scenarios, and no one wants to even draft Tommy Tremble. Like, I am just so sick and tired of this guy not getting – he is a starting tight end in the National Football League who just upgraded his quarterback where they don't have a ton of receiving options. You know, I think Marshall is going to be better, too. He's He is someone that they're going to keep talking about more. But Tommy Tremble should be talked about. He should be drafted. You should take a flyer on him. He, he's no no respect whatsoever. I'm, I'm sick of it. I'm just sick and tired of Tommy Tremble getting no respect. Well, listen here, Ronnie He's a good football player, and he's going to get targets. <laughs> well, sometimes being a good football player doesn't get me fantasy points. It's going to get fantasy there are, points There are going to be zero tremblings this year. No, people still want to take Kylan Granson, and they want to talk about Jared Cook coming out of retirement, and Josiah Degora for Green Bay with, with you know, Tanya now. Like, we are talking about every tight end situation under the darn sun, and nobody is even – they're going deep. Every show I listen to, every article I read, no one's talking about Tommy Tremble. Enough, enough of it already. Tommy, Tommy <laughs> Tremble, if you're listening, I am your number one fan out there, all right? And I've got Dynasty shares, best ball shares. I'm going to have DFS shares. i got rookie cards. I'm all in on Tommy Tremble. Can you tell 100% we haven't like, all been together in like I know, the last six I know. weeks or something like that? <laughs> Dan, you know what? I got to see if Tommy Tremble's DMs are open because I got to get him on the show. A one-on-one interview with you and Tommy Tremble. We need to. We, we got to give him some respect because he's not getting any, and I'm, I'm tired of it. No respect.
All right, well, let's talk about some tight ends that might actually be worth a damn here. Greg Dulcich already got one positive blurb, so that one's kind of cheating. Yeah. That That's cheating yeah. a little bit. But Cole Turner, I'm telling you, he is one of my most roster players. There is an opportunity. There is a chance that he – who's he competing with? John Bates? I know Logan Thomas is there. Dan, Dan's walking away. I like Logan Thomas – but the dude's 30 years old coming off of a serious injury. He very little chance he's going to be ready for week one. So Cole Turner, Greg Dulcich, Dulcich was cheating. Chase Edmonds, baby. We're going to get that blurb, okay? And he's going right now. Chase Edmonds, a starting running back in the NFL. For now, until he's in the XFL. Uh, he's going running back 37 in startups, yeah. okay? He's going behind D Damian Pierce. Come on. He's going behind Isaiah Spiller. What are we doing? There's going to be a blurb that Chase Edmonds, oh my God. He, look, he looks great. He's involved in the passing game. He's looking great between the tackles. He's getting some, some work. I, the dude hasn't had a carry inside the five and 10 years though, so I don't even know if I can say that. But Chase Edmonds, he is going to rise Maybe all the way up to running back 30. Oh, wow. That'd be <laughs> impressive. And then another one, there's going to be some positive blurbs about Rondell Moore. I'm, yeah. I think there, so. there, there are going to be. Yeah. All right. Mitch. Okay. On the flip side, there's going to be a negative blurb. There's yeah. going to be, uh, Traylon Burks had to use his inhaler again. You Boom, said done. it. That's who I'm picking. Oh, is that <laughs> I'm picking Burks because it's already out there. It's in everybody's mind. All that has to happen now is for it to be a uh, Burks had a whole bunch of drops today. Burks was on the sideline while the first team was going. Yep. Anything like that, his value is already on that edge and it's just going to drop. And so the only people that are going to have him on their team are the ones that drafted him because they can't get any value out of him anymore. And so I do think Burks is that guy to where any little negative blurb comes out. And his value is going to drop a ton. I mean, we're talking a ton because he was at one point the 105, 106 in rookie drafts. Now he's probably closer to the 108, 109. If you had one today, you know, I wouldn't doubt he'd be at the very end of the first with one more news blurb. Yeah, I mean, I, some people, and now it's Drake London, but some people had Dre, Trey Burks right around that wide receiver 12, 13, 14 value for across the entire wide receiver landscape. So yeah, that's an easier that it's like me saying Greg Dulcich for the positive blur. I know, I know. It, it's out there. Um, so yeah, I'll give it to you though. I'll give it to you. I like that one a heck of a lot more than Daniel Jones. All right, Dan, <sighs> I, I'm, I'm going to stay in Tennessee, but I, I think they, they tore Burks down. I think he's going to start show, showing some flashes and they're going to build that rookie up. I think you're going to hear the negative reports about Robert Woods. I, I think, you know, maybe he lost a step, not recovering from injury. Who, who else is going to get the ball in Tennessee? You know, I still see people drafting and, and you know, Woods high and, and talking well about him with, with some high expectations in Tennessee. Um, um, he's going to be my old wide receiver that I'm going to say might be on the decline. We're going to hear some negative reports. I got lazy at the tail end here and I didn't choose to answer this question. Final thoughts. Dan, 165th episode. So we have training camp discussions that we just uh, had next week, more training camp. And then the following week, I think more training camp. 
lots of training camp. Then we start to get into the preseason. And then the Dynasty Theory team is going to be headed to Canton, Ohio for the Fantasy Football Expo. I Our budget, it's all going to alcohol and steak. That's it. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right, Dan, what do you got? Final thoughts here. Great times, man. We're definitely going to be all over the camp news. So definitely keep tuning in to Dynasty Theory there. Uh, stop, you know, going after John o. Smith and all the tight ends that JB mentioned or didn't mention tonight and take Tommy Tremble, okay? Get yourself your Pro Forecast Football Magazine, all right? My my already outdated rankings in here because they were like from months ago. Uh, but I'm also working on O-line tiers and rankings right now and be getting to defense. And this is the best time of the year because, you know, we've spent a lot. We've been analyzed a lot this offseason, but we're only going to dig deeper in the next uh, few weeks, months, month leading up to the regular season. And I, I'm very excited for it to plug the Patreon. Mitch and I, we do the pivot point on a weekly basis, Friday, Saturday, Sunday morning. What, you know, one of those days it changes, but that is where we're going to start to see wild shifts and quick shifts mm -hmm. in value. So staying on top of that, uh, you know, it, we, we see somebody spike and they shouldn't, that's an opportunity. That's a pivot opportunity. So it, it happens both ways there, but as opposed to now where it's like, okay, We've been looking at the same values and startup rankings and tiers week after week after week. Now something is going to be changing. So I'm excited. Like Dan said, one of the best times of the year. Mitch, final thoughts. What do you got? I'm just going to say while we're talking about these news blurbs is be careful of the ones we're getting in the first week of training camp because a lot of them are going to be uh, – someone's going to go up to the runner and be like, hey, what do you think of DeAndre Swift this year? He's going to go, oh, yeah, I think – yeah, they're going to give him the ball 30 times. I mean, why wouldn't they give him the ball 30 times? And then it gets repeated, and it's all somehow DeAndre Swift's ADP goes up based off this. It's like, dude, it's just a reporter answering a quick hot take question. If you guys, I don't remember the player it was about, but last year there was like, this reporter says this is going to happen. And then someone posted on Twitter, and the reporter comes out and was like, know that I was asked for a hot take and that was like what my hot take was. I wasn't actually reporting this. And so just yep. be cognizant. I mean, we're going to have a lot more good blurbs that come out, but the first week is just rough with the rookies coming in. All right. So this time last year, I wanted to pull a few articles. Ooh, nice. The biggest winners and losers from 2021 NFL training camp. This was August 24th last year. Loser. Cincinnati Bengals offense. We know how that played out. So that there was one blurb. Another one. Dan, cover your ears. Bill Belichick reiterates Cam Newton is the Patriots starting quarterback. So just make sure you're paying attention. You're not going all in on a blurb. You're not fading a player, really investing in them strictly because of that. But, you know, oftentimes when there's smoke, there is fire. But sometimes it's just maybe a misquote or something getting out there for clicks or, you know, whatever the case may be, but this is a great time of year, but make sure you're paying attention. And there's no better place to pay attention than dynasty theory, especially through the discord and the Patreon for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna. I'm John Bauer. Have a great night by Dan's magazine. We'll catch everybody next week. <laughs>